Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs and medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to The Sleep Pod, the podcast where the stories are occasionally high concept, but always low stakes. My name is James, and I'm here to make up a boring, drama-free, and mildly amusing story to help get you in the mood for a long and restful sleep. Can you believe that this is the 45th episode of The Sleep Pod? I would like to do something special for the 50th episode, but it's going to be a fine line trying to balance doing something fun to celebrate a milestone without making it too exciting. After all, you're supposed to be going to sleep. The last thing I want to happen is to get all of you pumped up and celebrating when slumber is due. So I'm probably just going to make some new music beds or something, so that shouldn't be too distracting. Now, back to this episode. The word of inspiration that I'll be using as a jumping off point for the following improvised story was handed to me on a business card by a man in a trench coat, wearing large sunglasses and a wide-brimmed hat. The business card had one word hastily written upon it in blue biro that was clearly running out of ink. And that word was fog. So get yourself comfortable. Tell your podcast playing device to not automatically play anything after this episode so you don't get woken up by something else. Unclench your jaw. Relax your limbs, and I'll begin with this episode's story. Fog As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs and medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. 
Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. The sun rose in the way that it always did over the small coastal town of Ampersand. It started very low below the horizon and gradually over time it got higher. First the sun touched the rooftops of some of the taller buildings in the town. The chimneys that belonged to the various factories. The spire of a church. A very high flagpole. The very top of a very, very tall tree, and then eventually, over time, more things got covered in sunlight. Office blocks, apartment buildings, the rest of factories, and eventually over the shipyard town centre, the pier, until eventually everything was covered in daylight as long as it was facing the sun and not behind something else. It was still early in the morning. On the streets there wasn't too much going on. There were a few people walking dogs. One person going for a very early morning jog. It was around this time when the alarm clock belonging to Christina Vignette began to play a repetitive beeping sound. As the repetitive beeping continued, she groaned, and then sighed, and then rolled over and hit the large red button on top of the alarm clock that let the device know that she was awake, and she wasn't planning on going back to sleep any time soon. She squinted her eyes open, allowing them to gradually get used to the sunlight in the room, and eventually, after a little bit more squinting and complaining, she opened her eyes fully and sat up in her bed. While she sat there letting herself adjust to the time now being the morning and her no longer being asleep, she thought about the things that she needed to do that day. Her initial thoughts were questioning whether or not she had anything special to do that day, anything out of the ordinary. But after a brief rifle through the calendar in her mind, she confirmed that that day was just a normal day. Next, she thought about what it was she needed to do. She considered her usual morning routine. And after a little bit more, 
delay and coercion from herself, she managed to get out of bed and get on with things. As this day was just like every other day, she knew exactly what she needed to do and how much time she had. So she got herself ready for the day in the same way that she always had. A shower, clean clothes, a breakfast that consisted of a bowl of muesli with a black coffee. And then she brushed her teeth, made sure that the rest of her looked as presentable as it always did. And when she had completed all those tasks, she had a quick walk around her flat to make sure that there wasn't anything she was forgetting to do or anything she needed to pick up for her day of work that lay ahead of her. She did her usual thing of walking from room to room, just checking that there was nothing out of place and nothing that she was forgetting to do. She wasn't sure why she always used this specific routine in the mornings. It wasn't like that her job was miles away from her home. And if there was anything that was vital that she had forgotten to do, it wouldn't be too much of a problem to nip back to her flat and sort out whichever forgotten emergency needed addressing. But either way, she still did this check. And when she was done, she finally felt that she was ready to properly begin her day. She put her shoes on, left her abode, locked the door, walked down the flight of stairs, unlocked a second door, and she was at work. She had been very happy to find the premises that she currently lived and worked in on the market when she had had the urge to begin a business and a new life in a new location. It was perfect. The living space upstairs was spacious, clean and tidy, and also offered fantastic views of the local area. The space downstairs was even better. In a previous time, the building itself had been used as a small factory for a small team of cobblers, which, as anybody who has a passing interest in business locations would know, old cobbling shops make perfect locations for cafes. The main space downstairs was large and spacious. It had quite fancy hardwood flooring, interesting lighting, and large windows. When she had first found the property, her initial thought was to completely redecorate the main cafe area of the property. Make it all nice and fancy. 
painted in bright colours and generally give it a really good makeover. But after buying it and moving in, she realised that keeping the original appearance as much as possible actually gave the whole place a much more interesting and modern vibe. The walls were painted grey. There was a lot of metal everywhere. The tables were bulky and very angular. And the chairs were designed for people to sit in for non-huge lengths of time. After all, you don't want people coming in and spending over six hours sat in the same seat, slowly drinking the same cup of coffee, but just using the electricity and Wi-Fi. So she had been delighted to discover that a large number of chairs that had been placed in storage in a back room had been specifically made for providing comfort to anybody sitting in them for up to six hours. She wasn't sure how the designer of the seats had managed to fine-tune it that accurately to give such a consistent result. But somehow they had managed it. Quite often, she would be standing behind the counter with one eye on her watch and another eye on a customer who had come in to essentially just use the facilities. After purchasing one drink many hours ago. And she could just watch and wait, counting down to the very second when this non-customer would begin to start feeling a mildly unpleasant sensation in their lower back, forcing them to stand up. Sure, there had been some situations where Customers were going to be sat in the same seat for quite a while, but they were actual customers. For times like this, Christina would provide these actual customers with a small cushion that had been specifically designed for these specific chairs to counteract the time bomb of discomfort. She was so glad when she discovered those cushions in the same storeroom that the chairs had been in. She had always wanted to find out a little bit more about the chairs and the cushions. Had they been sold as a set? Who had made them? And why had a factory that made shoes bought so many of these chairs in the first place? But she could never really find out a proper answer for this. So she just accepted things as the way they were. She had these great chairs. Great tables. That had been built using some of the cobbling stations. And she also had great coffee. As she walked through her coffee shop, making sure that everything was nice and clean and tidy for the day ahead, she looked around from table to table, seat to seat, bit of floor to other bit of floor, and once she made it all the way from the door she had entered to the other end of the cafe, she was glad to know that nothing had 
broken in in the night and made a mess. And there wasn't anything that she'd forgot to do the previous evening. Everything was just as it should be. She smiled to herself and made her way behind the counter and began turning on all of the devices and machinery that she would need throughout the day. When she had done this and everything had begun to start up, she turned on the lights and then made her way towards the windows. They were large and had dark grey frames. But she couldn't see any of this as she needed to roll up the blinds. So that's what she did. The coffee shop itself was rectangular in shape and the windows covered two of the walls. So she went from window to window, rolling up the blinds, letting in the morning light. Once she had done this, she made her way to the front entrance of the coffee shop. She turned the small sign around in the window that let customers know that the cafe was open. She unlocked the door and then opened the door so she could take a few nice breaths of the morning air as she waited for her day to begin properly. She smiled as she stood on the footpath outside her coffee shop. A few more people were awake and going to work and things like that now. And she knew it wouldn't be too long before she had her first customer. But until then, until that moment, she thought it would be best just to take things easy and slow. Enjoy the peace and quiet before things really got going. She looked up at a cafe. She smiled at the signage that she had commissioned from a local artist. It was very cool and modern, but not so cool and modern that it wasn't easily readable by anybody. And this signage said the name of her coffee shop in a font that was both fun and professional. The sign simply read Christina Vignette's Hot Liquid Emporium. She knew it wasn't the most catchiest name for a cafe, but she felt that it communicated to any potential customer who she was, and what she sold. So she had chosen that name. And because she had been quite happily doing quite well at her job, she knew that naming the coffee shop like that wasn't as bad a business decision as some of her friends may have suggested it could be. As she stood there, she looked out towards the bay area. There were a few boats already out to sea, 
and she could see the larger fishing vessels had not left yet. So no doubt the captains of those ships would be in shortly, as they always were. As she stood there, she went to put her hands in the pocket of her apron, but then realized that she didn't have her apron on. Oh no, she thought. That's not very professional of me. So she returned into her cafe, put on her apron, put on some quiet background music, and patiently waited for her first customer. As she suspected, her first customer was one of the captains of the fishing vessels. As he walked in, Christina began to prepare the same beverage that he always had. She did this automatically, but after already selecting a mug, she thought she'd better just check. She turned to him just as he made his way to the counter, and she said, You having the usual? Yes, he said. Ah, great, said Christina, and she carried on. As she was making his beverage, a thought crossed her mind. There's a lot of these people that I see every day, yet I don't know their names, just their faces. So she looked up to the captain and said, Can I ask what your name is, please? I don't want to know so I can write it on the side of her cup. I just want to know what your name is. The man smiled and said, Sure, not a problem. My name is Captain Glifford Hunger. Wow, said Christina. Glifford Hunger is a great name, and it's even better with Captain in front of it. Thank you, said the captain. Is there anything else you would like to know? Christina thought for a little bit longer. She continued making his beverage. Yes, she said. Are you the captain of one of the fishing vessels? Yes, said the captain. Oh, great, I thought so, said Christina. Do you have a large crew? The captain thought for a moment, and then said, Sort of. As you know, in this day and age, my crew is mostly robots. So do you count those? Christina thought for a moment. I don't know, she said. Are your robots seamen sentient? The captain considered this and then said, No. If they were they would be much more expensive to hire. Well, in that case, said Christina, you should not count them as crew members. Ah, well in that case, said the captain, 
I have a small crew that consists of myself, a couple of engineers, a cousin who does tech support, and Gary. Gary helps with anything that needs helping with. Oh, said Christina, I understand. Still, you might not technically have a large crew, but your boat is still very large. Thank you, said the captain, as he paid for his coffee. The hot drink was handed over to the captain. They thanked each other, him for the coffee and her for his custom, and he left. Over the next few hours, some more people came in, some different captains, some people who were just also fishermen, and some people who worked at the large factory down the road. It was still quite early, so most of these people had the kind of job where enjoying a large and hearty breakfast was almost a requirement of the position. So Christina made numerous coffees, numerous teas, and quite a few breakfasts. She had often thought about hiring somebody else to come in first thing in the morning, because occasionally it could get quite busy trying to keep on top of all of the orders and cook all of the food. But after some careful planning and preparation, Christina had found a method of consistently creating hot breakfasts almost instantly. It was very complicated and complex and required numerous pieces of very specialist equipment. But after a few rocky weeks of fine-tuning, she managed to get the whole process moving very, very smoothly. She did think sometimes that, while it was good that she could pretty much make any hot breakfast with very little effort from her, it would be useful to work out some system of doing the same with coffee. But after some more careful thinking about it, she decided that it would be best not to go down that particular avenue. After all, finding a solution for quickly making hot food was one thing, it wasn't the main thing that her job was. But doing the same for coffee could be the kind of careless mistake that could end up putting her out of business herself. So she didn't, and just carried on making coffees as normal. As the day moved from being very early morning to actual normal morning, she noticed through the window the weather changing quite a bit. It had gone from clear blue skies and lovely sunlight to grey overcast 
cloudy and maybe a little bit windy as well. She was glad that she wasn't on any seafaring vessels and that she was safe in her cafe. She knew that there was no unexpected weather event happening. But still, she just didn't personally like the idea of being on a boat when it was raining and windy and stuff. As the morning moved from morning to almost lunchtime, a few different people came in. It wasn't too unusual for the town of Ampersand to get tourists. After all, it was quite picturesque. The docks and the pier and even the small beach that was situated on the outskirts of town could look quite nice and was often featured in calendars of scenery. Whenever a part of the town was used in a calendar, everybody in the town bought the calendars, even if 11 out of the 12 months were pictures of locations that they didn't know or live in. But they just felt that it was quite nice to support your local area. And the residents always found it fun to go to somebody's house and tell them with feigned surprise, wow, we have the same calendar. It was a very popular joke in the town and everyone really enjoyed doing it to one another. The tourists that came in looked a bit annoyed. So Christina went over to them to inquire what was wrong. Hello, she said. My name is Christina. Welcome to Christina Vignette's Hot Liquid Emporium. Can I get you a coffee or anything? Yes, said the man. And yes, said the woman. But just give us a few minutes. We just want to sit down and gather our thoughts. And then we'll come over and order something. Okay, said Christina. I was just wondering, are you okay? You look a bit disappointed. Well, said the woman, my name is Rita Brink, and I'm not just a tourist. I am also a expert in cryptozoology. I am not a tourist either, said the man. I am Rupert Stolt, and I am a photographer. Hello, said Christina. So what's the problem? She inquired. Well, said Rupert, I was hoping to get some nice pictures of the local area, but unfortunately the weather is uh, not ideal, and in fact there appears to be some fog coming in. Yes, said Rita. Similarly, I was hoping to take some pictures of a 
bizarre sea creature that I have heard lives nearby somewhere in the sea. Yes, said Rupert. I also wouldn't mind seeing this sea creature. Ooh, said Christina. I didn't know there was some sea creature, some strange animal. What does it look like? Well, said Rita, it's very, very large. It has many things that, at first glance, you may think are tentacles, but they are, in fact, not. They just look like they are. In fact, they're something completely different. Even if, to the layperson, they look exactly like tentacles. Oh, said Christina. Yes, said Rita. It's got really big eyes. A very, 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 very small mouth, considering the size of the creature in general. Yes, it's a very, very scary being. I'm scared just hearing you talk about it, said Rupert. Wait, said Christina. This animal you're looking for, is it mostly red and green? Yes, said Rita. Have you seen it? Ah, said Christina. Folk around these parts have known about this creature for some time. At first, the seafaring folk didn't know what it was. There was a lot of strange things going on with the water. But eventually, over time, people learned and discovered what it was. Around here, we have a name for this creature. Ooh, said Rita. What is it? Well, said Christina. I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing it, but it's the kind of name that works better when it's written down. If you try to say it out loud, you can just sound a little bit silly. That's okay, said Rita. You go ahead. Well, said Christina. The creature goes by the name of Ian, and he's actually quite nice. Most of the issues that have been blamed on him over the years are mainly due to unobservant sea captains hitting him in his head with their boats. And that would annoy anybody. Wow, said Rita. Gosh, said Rupert. Do you know where we can find it? This Ian. Christina flicked through her internal calendar once again. Sure, she said. Are you still going to be in town tomorrow? Rupert and Rita looked at each other and whispered some words that Christina couldn't hear. And eventually they both turned back to her and said, Yes, we can be. Great, said Christina. 
If you come back here tomorrow lunchtime, I'll find somebody who's got a boat and knows exactly where to go. You could probably have a nice conversation with him. He's very friendly. Great, said Rita and Rupert. I think we'll have some coffees now then. So that's exactly what happened. Rita and Rupert stayed for a little while and discussed all they were going to see and do tomorrow. But eventually they left. A bit later on, the sea captains returned from sea. And after getting their robots to unload all the fish and everything else that needed doing, they all popped in and compared notes on the day's fishing over some hot drinks. As the day went on and gradually turned into night, the fog got even thicker. The world outside was more and more obscured by fog that had gradually appeared. Any other time, on any other day, by about six o'clock, if it was this foggy outside, she knew that there wouldn't really be many customers, if any at all, so she would probably just shut up shop early. Anger notice in the window saying, I'm really sorry, but there's no point in me staying open. And if there's a coffee emergency, ring the bell at the back of the building. Nobody ever did, but she thought it was best to include that if there ever was a coffee emergency. But on that night, she couldn't close early. Unfortunately, several large tables had been booked in advance by the Fog Appreciation Society. They knew that it was supposed to be quite foggy on that specific day. And they were right. And by 7pm, the cafe was filled with people sat around and discussing all of their favourite types of fog. Christina wasn't really interested in that. But after hearing a few people talk, she began to appreciate fog in all of its different forms. She hadn't known there were so many different types. And seeing all of these people sat around, discussing something that really was just really, really low clouds, she thought was quite nice, and she was glad that they all found a passion that they could discuss with one and another. And by the end of the evening, she was really glad that she had not closed early, and had taken the booking. Once the last member of the Fog Appreciation Society had left, she went around her cafe, tidying everything up, putting the chairs securely under the tables, closing the blinds, washing things that needed to be washed and sweeping things that needed to be swept. And eventually, she was done. She turned the lights off, turned the 
coffee-making machinery off. Turned on the dishwashers and the cup washers. Checked that she had already locked the door and returned to her flat above. Once she got in, she took her shoes off, poured herself a nice glass of wine, turned the telly on, and slumped back into a nice beanbag that she had placed in the centre of her living room, which was exactly the kind of thing she liked to sit on on days like that. She found something unexciting and relaxed on her beanbag. Glad to know that the following day would not have a late night unless anything exciting happened to those two people when they go to meet Ian. And if anything exciting does happen to them, she wouldn't mind staying up a little bit late to hear about that. But for now, she was just going to enjoy doing nothing. That's the end of this episode's story. As always, thank you very much for listening. Follow me on socials. Links in episode description. Tell a friend. Tell an enemy. Tell somebody that you're neutral to. And most importantly, sleep well. Night-night. <laughs>